This podcast is brought to you by Alliance Motor Auctions. Has your car shit itself? Then you've got to go with Alliance. It's the easiest way to buy a quality car at a very competitive price. Located in Moorbank, New South Wales. Call 02-9822-7200 or visit www.allianceauctions.com.au South Coast Window Furnishings. Have your window furnishings shit themselves? Then you've got to get in touch with SCWF. They service the south coast of New South Wales from Wollongong to Bermagui. Give Jamie a call for a free quote on 0408 812 007 or like them on Facebook at South Coast Window Furnishings. Elite Sports Physiotherapy. Has your back or another part of your body shit itself? Then look no further than ESP. Established in 2006, Elite Sports Physiotherapy provides physiotherapy and massage services to the people of Melbourne. Located on the mezzanine level, 13-15-1 Freshwater Place in Southbank, Melbourne. Give them a call on 03-8640-0328 or visit elitesportsphysio.com.au today. Also, special thanks to verse.com.au for putting the finishing touches on this podcast. Cheers. G'day, treasured listener. Hope you're well. Hope you're having a good day wherever you are. My guest this episode is Australian artist Rhea Green. Rhea is currently travelling the world doing artist residencies around the place, so I took the opportunity to catch up with her in Italy, of all places. Quite a nice place. Uh, I was very keen to find out more about the life of an artist and the world they live in. This is Taking It Easy with Daniel Connell. Rhea Green, thanks for taking it easy with me today. How are you? I'm well, thank you, Dan. You? Yeah, I'm very good, thanks. Now, I have recorded this podcast in some nice places. This is episode 20-odd, right, Mm -hmm. with you today. Uh, I've done uh, mostly around Melbourne and Australia, Sydney. I've recorded one on a ship, on a cruise off Indonesia. But I think where we are today takes the cake for location. We're currently sitting in a house in Milo, uh, just outside Catania, Sicily, Italy, <laughs> uh, very nice place. It's like high twenties outside. Very lovely. Um, as an artist, does a place like this send your sort of artistic senses crazy? Uh, yeah, it certainly doesn't hurt. <laughs> I'm I make work about landscape and being in the world. I guess so. It's definitely helping make work and new ideas and yeah. thinking, yeah. Yeah, the because I find I, I always notice architecture when I go to a new place mm. that I've never been before and this is just quintessential what I thought Italy was like, like just terraces and yeah, it's that sort beautiful. of cream, cream-coloured. And quite crumbly, which is nice. Mm. That's what I like. Yeah, yeah. Mm. A lot of history there. A lot of history. It's very old. Uh, I've been to a couple of your exhibitions in Melbourne where you're based um, what brings you to this side of the world? Uh, this this part of the trip is rest, a bit of R&R, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm travelling with my partner for seven months, which is a while, uh, across Europe and a bit of uh, South America. Um, and some of it's travel and I've also got three artist residencies throughout that time. Mm. So it's a bit of work as well. So explain to me how an artist residency works. Well, they... They work in different ways depending on the residency you get. But the residencies that I've 
I'm going to take part in. Uh, just time away from your normal life and yeah. responsibilities to sort of focus on your art practice. And Okay. So you get in contact with a studio? Is that how it works? or like Yeah. A- there's sort of uh, cultural institutions or organisations mm-hmm. all across the world um, and there's a great website that uh, is a database for those residencies. Right. So each one is a, diff- a slightly different application process and they want to know different things uh, and then it goes to a board or whatever. Oh, and right, yeah. I'm either successful or not. Luckily, I've been quite successful this, great. this time around. So does your past uh, help you, like the more sort of experience you've had in art over the years, does that help? Like if you're a first year sort of out of university – yeah, Would that be I th- hard to get a residency somewhere? I think um, my history helps, but there's also there's also residencies uh, that are very much for emerging artists, so, yeah. so early career artists. So I'd sort of be somewhere in between emerging and established. Yeah. But yeah, definitely my history and just confidence in going to a foreign country and mm. knowing that I can try to focus and that, that will be a helpful thing. Yeah. It's really good. So do you when you when you say you get the residency successful in the application you go to the place mm-hmm. do you have to make a certain amount of art to meet their requirements Yeah it's sort of a you propose what you're going to work on or okay. or and the outcomes that you're hoping to achieve so uh, it's not just to satisfy their requirements but mm. you need to know why you're going for yourself yeah. so I had a pro- I have a project that I want to really dive into and sort of flesh out mm-hmm. um, for my own practice. And as I mentioned, my art is a lot about different landscapes and how those landscapes affect my experience and that that feeds into my art practice. So I'm interested in going to different places and different countries and seeing if mm. and how those landscapes will affect my practice and how oh, cool. that, that will happen. That's nice. And have you done residencies before this trip? Yeah, I have one a few years ago now in France, in sort of an hour out of Paris, in yeah. Manesusin, which was a very tiny town um, on the Seine River. Mm-hmm. Um, that was for a month as well. That was in like an old converted convent. Right. And that was that was really fantastic for my practice. I learned a lot about what I needed and um, how I needed to focus and those sorts of things. So, mm. which is why I'm doing doing it again. Right. So, would you mind explaining exactly what sort of art you do? Sure. That's a bit of a complicated (laughs) thing to answer. Materials and technique based, I guess, I'm sort of a painter at the moment. Mm. Um, I sort of move in and out of different materials depending on what I need sort of conceptually to communicate my ideas. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I'm sort of painting on uh, ceramics. I'm making ceramics and then painting on them and also painting on glass um, because my art is about – it's often about light in landscape and uh, colour. Do you you find like you – I find like with, say, stand-up doing comedy, you Mm. it's nice to challenge yourself and try different things in the way you deliver a joke or Mm -hmm. what you talk about on stage. Is that Mm. the same for yourself? Like you say you were doing ceramics for 12 months – would you get sick of it and you want a new challenge? Is that how? Yeah, I think it's a process of 
like, I don't know about, well, you know, I'm sure similar with comedy, you're not always landing the joke perfectly every time. So mm. it's a lot about testing and working out what materials are going to work for you and the concepts that you're trying to sort of get across and the sensation that you want the audience to feel. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's about refining practice. But, yeah, definitely experimenting all the time and trying to push forward. Mm. Yeah. And what would you say you enjoy the most? Is there one particular style uh, you – no, I, that would be too hard mm. to say, I think. At the moment, it's painting. Yeah. You know, a few years ago, it was um, weaving. Mm. And who knows what's going to be next. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been to exhibitions of yours. And yeah, there was all kind of all the above. There's also the ceramics, obviously. Yeah, I think I'm really into materials as well and what they can sort of say and do and how they can talk to each other. So I'm mm. quite interested in sort of raw materials. Um yeah, they sort of have a language of their own to sort of try to manipulate those elements and not kind of mask them mm-hmm. and bring them together to, to say something. Yeah. And when did uh, art become an interest for you? Um, I think it's always been an interest. I went, I studied uh, printmaking uh, at RMIT straight out of high school. So I, I've always been interested in art and mm. I don't think it was really ever a conscious choice it's just always been there. Were your finger paintings quite? They were, were top kid? notch. Made yes. the fridge. Absolutely, <laughs> yes, yeah. Do you have siblings? I do. I have a younger sister. And did who, hers make, make the fridge? Ooh, not as many. <laughs> Luckily, we're very different people, so she wasn't too upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, your parents could say something there. Did they have anything? Did they sort of push you in a direction towards art, or did you just find it yourself? Um, no, they were really they were really supportive because mm-hmm. I don't know about you know your parents and you know arts not all you know the yeah. arts are always a little bit yeah. of a, a misunderstood sometimes misunderstood well first i think the first thought is always financial absolutely <laughs> what yeah how are you gonna live how are you, yeah yeah but no mum and dad were always really supportive not always didn't always understand what i was doing but was yeah a very mm. supportive to try and work it in yeah try to work it into your life and yeah Yes, yeah, a sustainable practice is is a tricky thing to have. Yeah. So yeah. Did, did you do a, a Bachelor of Arts after you did that first course? Yeah, I did a bachelor, uh, undergrad in fine art and then mm-hmm. I did an honours and then I did masters a little bit after a bit of a break. Right. And yeah. how long are you talking there? That's uh, that's a good uh, seven years all up, but a bit oh. broken up. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I sort of did masters after – maybe three or four years break, just when I thought I needed to get back and get really serious about my practice, and, right. you know, and really sort of commit and get back into the community and the network and mm-hmm. sort of take it up a notch. Nice. And w- w- once you've graduated, you know, you finish your courses, you start – I'm sure you would have been making your own art through all the courses mm. and that, but once you go out on your own and you're sort of qualified, mm. uh, how do you go about like showing your art for the first time? Yeah, it's – I think everyone has a different story and I think um, now more than ever you just do what you need to do as in there's a lot more opportunity that can sit out of an ARI which is an artist-run space. So there's sort of the spaces that are run by artists, smaller spaces before you hit a commercial gallery. Mm -hmm. But I think there's so many more opportunities or, you know, have have an exhibition in your own lounge room Mm. or down the street or whatever. Um, I guess there's, yeah, there's nothing really stopping you. Yeah, yeah. So I think um, innovation is a big thing. Social media must have helped that. Yeah, I think so. 
it's hard to kind of quantify, but mm. definitely with community and being connected, it's it's fantastic mm. to have Instagram and things like that. Is, is it nerve wracking once you did your first your first exhibition of your artwork? Mm-hmm. Was it like I, I remember my first gig being terrified, mm. and then you know you don't you don't know what people are going to think. Were, were you quite nervous when you had all your stuff out for the oh, first time? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it was horrible. Um, and I'm still really embarrassed about that first show. <laughs> it was shocking work. I was so proud at the time. But, Any finger um, paintings on the – No finger paintings but some <laughs> shocking photography. Right. Um, but, you know, you've got to do it to sort yeah. of move forward, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's really full on and you hope – you just hope to get honest feedback as well. You know, your mum and dad say, great job, yeah, but that's yeah. not super helpful yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Is people buying your work the best feedback? Um, oh, you, would you prefer that than somebody just looking at it saying, that's nice, uh, see you later? No, <laughs> I, um, not necessarily. I think because artists know artists and we're all pretty poor, mm. so there's kind of – you know, I know a lot of people who would like to buy my work and vice versa, absolutely, but, you know, can't afford it. But some some genuine sort of interaction and a response to a work is yeah. just the, the greatest thing. Yeah. Or just um, at the moment I'm sort of painting quite abstractly mm-hmm. and for people to get landscape out of that mm. is really exciting. Um, Can you just explain to me mm-hmm. what abstract means? <laughs> <laughs> well, in – Layman's terms, I guess, not figurative. So, you know, not something that you can instantly uh, yeah, yeah. sort I of know. see. I was going to ask you this later in the podcast, but mm. we might as well ask, I might as well ask Jump you this in. now because I take things quite literally when I look at them. Mm-hmm. So You see a cow. It's yeah. a cow in a paddock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's but the if cow I see, thinking? Yes. So if <laughs> I see a – so I've been to, I've been to art exhibitions. Yeah. You, you know me. I'm a I'm – a, Man yeah. about town. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, that, what, is that someone that goes to I a lot of art? Maybe. <laughs> sounds a bit more sinister, that one. Um, I've looked at paintings mm-hmm. and to me it looks like, no offence to the artist, but it looks like they've just got a bucket of yellow paint, thought I'll splash that on that canvas. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, I've got a red paint there too. I'll do that as well and then that's it, right? Mm-hmm. And I've stood there looking at it and I'm guessing it's not abstract, is it? Or is it, or is it abstract? Yeah, I'd say that was abstract. Oh, yeah, because it's not something that I can look at. Yeah, right. I mean, it's not abstract or not abstract. It's not a black or white or a yellow or red thing. Uh, but That's the thing with a lot of people when they look at art. Because mm-hmm. I've, I've honestly stood and looked at something like that in a gallery, mm-hmm. had an old guy who seems to know what he's talking about come and stand next to me and go, that is, that is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, there's a lot yeah, of art I'm like, what are you looking around? at, mate? What yeah. are you looking at? <laughs> Yeah, I think, you know, everyone has their opinions, mm. uh, which is great. But, yeah, some some splashes of yellow and red are terrible, but <laughs> some other splashes of red and yellow are, you know, fantastic. Yeah. So uh, I think – so that's kind of – yeah, that's sort of in the area of just an emotional response. So if you don't, you know, don't get anything, then that's that's right. fine. But sometimes that there's that – Resonance. That yes, it does something for you, and you're not even quite sure what it is doing, but it's doing something. Mm. So, is the say is the title of something of mm. an artwork is that supposed to help someone understand what the yeah. what to look for? I think it general? can help you sort of navigate yeah. the work. 
um, because that one said a complete mess, and I agree. No, I didn't say that. (laughs) You were like spot on. (laughs) (laughs) I think it can definitely help, but I I mean, I find titling work really difficult because I don't want to give too much away. Mm -hmm. But you know, sometimes an untitled quote uh, is quite a lazy approach, Mm. or sometimes you know, it's super appropriate. Yeah, it's it's tricky. You know, (laughs) it's. Do you think that that illusion of like just an average punter like myself not knowing and that illusion of that there's something there that I can't see. Do you think that's a big part of why art can be so expensive and why? Oh, don't know. <laughs> I, think, I think the cost of art um, a fashionable yeah. thing. I, I think that anyone can get something out of a, a mm, work. Right. Um, you know, as much as I studied art and fine art, I didn't study art history. So I'm, you know, like I'm, I'd like to think that I'm approaching it with all, all the same same amount of knowledge as you are. Yeah, right. But just with a different life experience. Okay, so there's yeah. no like secret code when you do <laughs> it. When we, you do, we wink course. at each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In like, the don't gallery, I can tell them it is Not actually quite. just a splash of yellow, yellow and red. They'll never know. Sometimes it's just a splash of yellow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so once you've started, you know, you've you've had your first exhibition. You're starting to make your own thing. You're getting a bit of a foot in the door. Mm. Is it just, say, with comedy, you, you go to shows, you watch other people, you meet people, mm-hmm. you just slowly get your name out there, you do your own more exhibitions. Is that the same sort of thing? You just you just got to go and hustle and, and try and let people know who you are? And um, it's I wouldn't – yes, sort of. Mm. I, I don't approach it like that, though. I mean, I – um, have had periods of not making work because sometimes you just got to make money and live. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I see art, making art as not really a choice. Like it just needs to be in my life to make me a happy and healthy person. Right. You know, and that's why I'm doing residencies at the moment because mm. I feel like I need to step away from making work and having that that outcome which can really affect your work right um as in like rushing and yeah and just saying i've got to make 10 paintings for this next show like throw it together Mm. um and step away from that and go and go on a residency you know in a small town and just wake up and every day you can just sort of sit at your desk and see what happens and have some thinking and go for walks and you know sort of almost recalibrate in a way Mm. so you make sure that your your practice is exactly what it needs to look like right which is you know, constantly very difficult yeah. and changes. So you, so you, early days you wouldn't have like gone to other artists' galleries or exhibitions. Oh no, for sure. I mean, it's, but but did you it's go and like introduce yourself as another artist, oh, or did no. you just go and have a little sneaky look? I'm way look too and, shy, and yeah, that's right. I mean, and that's another great thing to do. Yeah. If you're an artist, go and introduce yourself. It's all a bit of a mix. And so, if you're a an up and coming artist, mm. and you. Do you go up in the game any quicker if you're going to other artists and introducing yourself and just like mingling and sort of <laughs> getting in behind this, meeting critics and meeting, you know, people from the paper who write articles? Mm-hmm. Does your career get fast track if you're sort of brown nosing? Look, possibly. Right. I haven't been brown nosing, <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you noticed anyone though? Like, um, you think, geez, they got there quick. Oh, look, and you can be lucky and you can be making the right type of art mm. um, or know the right people or and that that's great. Yeah. Or you can just, you know, be making really good work and right. and that's really fantastic. It's difficult. Right. Um, I think 
I think I've gone through phases of thinking maybe if I made different work, maybe that would be more successful or mm. more well received. Yeah. But I think like I've been like I was saying doing a residency and checking in with yourself and making sure that you're making the right art for you and mm. that's what makes you a stronger artist. You may yeah. not be successful yeah. ever. Yeah. But as long as you're making the right work then that's all you can do, I think. Yeah, so from so you've never thought about money. Oh, never- I mean, you know, I've dreamt of being successful that'd be right. great you know get shown at the in the ngv and sell out shows and all that sort mm. of thing but i don't think that that can be your driver i don't yeah. think that that well f- for me that that can't be the driver because mm. it's it's it feels like that might make you you know rush like you're talking about rushing to finish things yeah. and or sell out you know like sell out your own practice mm. um and i think that's part of getting you know, having a few years under the belt now, having faith in your own practice, which is such a hard thing to do. Like I'm talking about on a good day, you think that you're making all the right choices and doing the right things, but there's lots of self-reflection involved. Okay. Mm. Interesting. So when you're setting up a display of your own, so you've got a space where you're going to put up an exhibition. An exhibition, yeah. And you've told all your friends about it and you've told the public about it and you're getting towards – Mm. Launch date. You go and you take all your stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Are you putting a lot of thought into where each piece goes within a gallery? Yeah, like definitely, there's like things. You know, you got the stuff on the wall, then you got your little uh, bits of block that sort of things go on top of shelves and plinths. Shell, yeah. What was that thing? Last thing a plinth. Is that like a block? Yeah, it's like a gallery block. Just like a white block. Yep. Yeah. And you plinth. see like pretty things sitting on top of them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're like in your head, you're like, right, that's got to go there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you're showing in a gallery, you're usually applying for the space. So again, you look at the spaces um, sort of available potentially and you apply to the space that you think is going to, well, this is what I do, suit the work the best. Yes. So it's the space is a massive consideration. You know, mm-hmm. every space is so different and you don't want the work to kind of work against the space. Right. So there's definitely, um, a, for me, there's definitely a plan, mm. but install day can never – expect everything so mm. you know little things change but that whole gallery experience is certainly considered as yeah. a whole yeah. as a as one body of work and and is there different ways to deal with the person who owns the gallery like is there some like they might take a cut of your sales or do you pay like just a fee for the hire for the night uh the, yeah, again every space works sort of differently mm. But generally, there's a bit of a, a commission right. that they take, yeah. and there's generally a a rental, mm. depending on sort of what they do for you, like if they advertise for you or cater the opening night, things yeah. like that. Yeah. What about so the, what about the bar? The bar. Who gets the bar? Do you get a bit of take of that or? No. It's interesting. We'll have to work that out for your next one. <laughs> yeah. Get a bit Please of that do. Sweet bar. <laughs> you can manage it. <laughs> You're listening to Taking It Easy with Daniel Connell. Hey, before we go back to the podcast, I want to tell you about someone. That someone is Melbourne-based photographer Nicole Reed. One of the most sought-after photographers going around, Nicole has taken photos for all sorts of people. Comedians like Peter Hellier and Anne Edmonds, musical acts like the Hilltop Hoods, and sports stars like Buddy Franklin. If you want to see how great her work is, I suggest you head over to her Instagram page. It's Nicole Reed Photographer. 
while you're at it, you may as well jump on our website, which is www.nicolereed.photography. Get in contact and book in a shoot today. Now, let's get back to the podcast. Uh, so, how do you work out what piece goes where? Like, what? how, how do you just sort of… That's a, tr- that's a tricky question. Right. Uh, there's no like big pieces go up the top or small pieces down right, the bottom. Okay, and you're not keeping all your ceramics in one corner, and you no, you just mix it mixed bag. Yeah, quite a mixed bag. Yeah, um, yeah, it's quite a sort of fluid process. Mm. You know, you'll sometimes you'll try the one piece in ten different spots before you find the sweet spot. So yeah. it's all very site responsive, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a process. What about the most expensive piece you've ever sold? <laughs> it's not that expensive. And probably to a friend. A couple of hundred? Yeah, a couple of, maybe a few hundred. That's good. Yeah. That's pretty good. The frame was, you know, half yeah. the cost. Right. Oh, you didn't make that. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> at least you covered your costs. I covered costs. Yeah, let's put it that way. Right. And we are talking earlier about like, oh, I mentioned critics and things. Mm. Um Obviously, I'm not sure whether critics would come to a. Opening, well, there's do not they? a lot of art critic writing Isn't happening there? in Australia. That it's I've a bit of a win. Are you saying there's a bit of a? Oh yeah, a bit of an opening. If you're hole interested, in the market there. yeah, I'd love to write Maybe about you that yellow write up and about red that. painting. I saw. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, your peers are the the people that you want to come, and your mm. mentors. Um, when my lecturers have come. You know, that's been great. Yeah, that's nice, Maybe that? we're not even talking about the work, but for them to come and mm. care enough to kind of follow up, I mean, they've got hundreds of students to deal with. Oh, that's nice. Um, Have they ever just come and not said a word and walked out really quickly? Oh, no, they've given me like a <laughs> – from from a nice nod to a, you know, a very genuine okay, yeah. well done. So that's nice. That's no, they're very – they're very – my lecturers have been very lucky, mm. been very generous. And Do most art lecturers walk with both hands behind their back? Oh, yeah. That's, and their hands together behind their That's back. the art walk. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. That's what you should do in the gallery. Everyone will think you're a – I think I do that whenever I go there to the gallery. Look, but my face looks completely <laughs> confused. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how, how do you react? Has this happened to you where you've, you're at your exhibition, you've got all, you're a bit nervous, you've got all your stuff up on the wall and Very all those – Very nervous, yeah. What was the word you used, the P word? Plinths. Plinths. Yes, and yes. <laughs> You've got it all set up. You're feeling good. The bar's flowing. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen anyone walk up and just sort of shake their head or not realising that you're the artist right near them and walk away? Like is that uh, like just instant sort of… Distaste? Yeah. Not that I can remember. Mm. So I imagine that would be hard. To be honest, I'm usually a few wines in because <laughs> I'm very nervous and don't want to be at my right. own opening. Okay. It's such a horrible… I find it very… Stressful. It's like your soul is on the wall, and yeah. everyone's come to have a look at it. So, um, but on yeah. the on the flip side, it must be an awesome feeling it's, when it's great. You sell a bunch of stuff, and it goes off without yeah. a hitch, or just a massive body of work mm. to kind of to really pull together and really polish. Yeah, and yeah, you learn a lot when you push yourself that far. I think you know, there's so many paintings sitting in the studio, but until mm. you kind of you've committing yourself that these works are finished and great and, mm. you know, are holding together. It's a personal ac- accomplishment for sure. Yeah. And are you watching people like a hawk in case they Ooh, yeah. like bump something? Because or... <laughs> um, I, I remember I've been to one of yours and mm-hmm. I accidentally stood really close to a wall <laughs> where I didn't realise 
what was behind me wasn't a part of the original gallery that we were just in. It was actually one of your pieces. Yeah. And my shoulder brushed it. Yep. And I know. I got You got told, told off. to get away from it. <laughs> Not by me. But yeah, yeah. I think you just got to let that stuff go. I yeah, mean, yeah. I some of my work is installation based, so I want it to be on the floor or mm-hmm. you know, in slightly peculiar spots. Yep. So I think you just got to kind of go with it. Mm. And hey, if you broke it, I would have charged you, so yeah, then enough. I would have made some money. That's right. <laughs> That is smart. Maybe you should just leave things right where people are walking. (laughs) Uh, Just make everything out of eggshells as well. Yeah, maybe I will. Eggshell installation. (laughs) Is it frustrating as an artist? I've always been curious about this, knowing that once you die, others are going to benefit from newly inflated prices of all your stuff. Yeah, I mean. I've never understood that. I just don't don't think it's fair. I don't think it's like a, a rule. Oh, isn't it? But um, Dad has always said, sign everything <laughs> so he can sell it. Yeah, right. Um, if, if I die before him. Um, Signing your finger paintings. When get you're the like hex five. back, yeah. Yeah, some <laughs> yeah, of that hex. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'd like to be able to sell a few more things while I'm mm. alive. That'd be great. Yeah. Look, if I'm discovered as a genius after I die, I'm okay with that too. Really? Yeah. I would be filthy. <laughs> Where were you? <laughs> I'm also interested in how an artist gets inspiration for something. Like you're saying mm. you're over here on your residency. Mm-hmm. You're waking up every morning. You're traveling a lot. You're seeing different architecture, mm-hmm. you know, trees, all that stuff's giving you inspiration. Say I'm like trying to write material for something. I'll Yeah. I might read a funny headline on the news or a friend might say a line that just sort of sparks a bit of interest and I'll write something out of that. Mm-hmm. Are you just sort of looking at things, say you walk around for a day and then you're like, oh, I think I'll have a crack at that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Is that Yeah, how- it's similar, definitely. I think uh, it's a few ways. Like I take notes as well about whatever I've seen. Um, yeah. But carrying, having a an iPhone is very handy. So uh-huh. you've got a camera in your back pocket. So I'm sort of sketching I, I see it as sketching when I'm taking a photo and mm-hmm. it might be of a colour or the light or how someone's standing or something like that. So it'll be sort of one element, one or two elements. So that's how I'm sort of collecting for these residencies anyway. Right. Or I might find a great rock. Just a single rock on the ground. Usually a couple. But, yeah, couple. yeah, definitely. Really? Yeah, for it sure. It just gives a little bit of a – Great colour or a great shape right. or it feels good and, um, you know, that might not be in the – the final work, but there'll be something there mm. that might help help the idea along. Yeah. So does that give you like a little spring in your step? Like you see a couple of rocks and you're like, oh, hello. Yes. That's got the yep. juices it's flowing. A bit, that's- yeah, my partner has got quite used to me getting very excited about rocks, yeah. so that's nice. But, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I look a bit crazy to others <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm running towards a rock trying to, <laughs> when I'm trying to touch it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And holding but it up above your head like – Going, oh, my God. Like Simba, (laughs) it's cheap though. It's cheaper than you know having to buy. But are you are you heading back from this residency with an extra couple of bags full of rocks? Yeah, we've had to um, yep, rewrite the budget a little. Yeah, and up up post a few bits and pieces. Oh, you just post it back? Yeah. Well, once once I've already done one residency, Mm -hmm. um, completed that a couple of weeks ago, and I sort of had some work that I made. 
and a few little pieces okay. of inspiration. That Where was that? Where was that residency? That, that one was in Portugal, mm-hmm. in a in a smallish town called Ariolos, oh. which was wonderful. That yeah. was uh, just for three weeks, but it was a really great start to the trip to kind of really focus and yeah, yeah. What sort thing. of pieces did you make that you sent back? I was conscious that we're away, so a lot of painting on <laughs> linen. <laughs> Not not board, <laughs> not ceramics Thinking or about board. Weight yeah. in postage. That's excellent. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, and a little bit of sewing because Ariolos has a really interesting history in rug making. Ah. Um, from I don't want to say a century because I'll get it wrong, mm. but a very old history of rug making. So I sort of brought that mm. into some of the work. And did you get locals to see what you'd made? Any locals? Yeah, I had an open – so what we call an open studio. So it's sort of an informal exhibition in a way. So, so you're there for three weeks. Mm. Do you – obviously the exhibition would be at the end of the three weeks. Yeah. How many uh, like objects or like pieces works? would yeah. you have made in that three weeks? Three that I was really happy with that mm-hmm. I would call finished yeah. and then maybe half a dozen that were on its way, have, okay. have something – that I was happy to show, but mm. as I said, an open studio is quite an informal, literally open studio. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the local our, our hosts that hosted the residency and the other uh, the other artists residents came and a few locals, which That's was lovely. Great. Yeah, it was really That's good. That's really nice, isn't it? You can travel mm. to the other side of the world, mm. have and a little play around for three weeks, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it, was it for sale as well? No, no, no. just a just a just tease. a little show and tell. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Mm. That's great for your CV then, I would take it, little experiences like that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, it's that's definitely what other residencies ask for, a bit of history mm. in, you know, knowing they want to know that you can work solidly yeah. with them. Yeah. But, yeah, it's great for the CV and just great for my practice. Right. So, so you, you know, you, you made those uh, sewings because you were inspired by where you were mm. or you find a rock. On mm-hmm. the ground, you get really excited. Mm-hmm. People look at you like you're mad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have a piece of work in your head, right? You take that or you think you see something, you see an image. Mm. You're like, right, I'm going to work on this. Mm-hmm. How often does it look, you say that you've thought of it in your head, how often does it come out exactly how? Never. Right, yeah. Right. <laughs> Never. Yeah, that's so similar. <laughs> I guess that's similar to anything like when you're writing a script or. Yeah, right. You try, you think of it in your head. Mm. You get obviously you can get very close to it, mm. but very rarely does it happen. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you also have experiences between that that first moment and the final piece as well that kind of mm. change and shift. But never, I'm not skilled <laughs> enough as well. That might be part of it. Right. But the rock might inform a painting, so the rock's not even present right. um, in the final work. But there's an element of it mm-hmm. there you know, it's surface or colour or something like that mm-hmm. um, that will sort of appear. And, again, it's like with the title, you may or may not communicate that directly to the audience, but as long as they're having an experience mm-hmm. that, you know, you, you're trying to get at, that's enough for me. Yeah. yeah. And at an, a showing, have you ever been asked, like, where did you get your inspiration for this from? And you've just said, I just picked up a rock. <laughs> And the rest is history. I try to sound slightly more articulate, <laughs> but essentially, yes. Um, I'm having a show, I'm in a group show in November, so later this year, and generally the inspiration was a trip to uh, Nikko in Japan oh, and, yeah. a, and a specific walk sort of through the mountains and marshland. 
and you know in an artist statement so they often ask for an artist statement to give that kind of bigger picture and sort of set the set the tone they'll sort of ask was there a general inspiration or where mm-hmm. is this all coming from so the titles and the and the artist statement sort of explain that right. but hopefully the work really elevates those ideas mm, that's nice I look forward to seeing that in November. Mm. Um, Don't break anything. <laughs> out of all the places you've been mm. around the world, Australia, Europe, everywhere, Japan, mm-hmm. what is is there one place that just sent you into overload? Like the rocks were amazing. The <laughs> how, Everything was just – you were like, what? I just can't get enough of this place. Yeah. Um, well, I think Nikko, Japan, was a pretty yeah. – Pretty special place. The rocks and the mountains. Yeah, got a couple of rocks from there too. Was not it sure. the cherry blossoms? Were they cherry out? Bloss- not not on the walk that we did, mm-hmm. but they it was cherry blossom season. But that's I guess that's part of the reason why I'm doing these residencies as well. You know, maybe there's another place in the world. I'm sure there is mm. um, that holds a whole different kind of feeling. And mm. you ever been to Bateman's Bay? It's on the list. South Coast, New South Wales. Mm. That'll get you. Highly recommend. Oh, the rocks there, the beach. (laughs) Stay at mum and dad's. Great. Absolutely lovely. Wonderful. (laughs) Lock it in. Um, As we sit here today in lovely Sicily, Mm. uh, lovely place, uh, you're about, what, 14 years into your career? Yeah. Roughly? Yeah, I guess I am. Do you feel like you've got like a foot in the door of the Australian art scene? Maybe. Yeah. I, that's a really hard thing. I think the goalposts change personally all the time. Because mm. um, with like any job really, it mm. takes you a good 10 years. Mm. And sort of that stand-up they certainly say, it's sort of like a 10-year apprenticeship yeah, right. to you feel, feel quite comfortable. They've put a, they've put a time yeah. on it. Yeah, oh, I think so. Yeah, it's from all people that have been doing it for a long time. Sure. Will tell you that, you know. That's when years. things start to happen. Yeah, you just feel the most confident mm. at that mark. And mm-hmm. then obviously you probably still have to get better and better. But, mm. yeah, 10 years is that sort of yeah. time. I think it's – yeah, I would say it's similar. But, again, I, I'm sort of talking more self, not um, the market, if mm. that makes sense. So I think um, – I know how to integrate my practice into my life a lot better than I used to. Right. And I think it's a much more sustainable thing. And, you know, I'm pretty happy with the work that I'm making, which, yeah. I, you know, which used to fluctuate a lot more mm. before. Yeah. So, 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 so you make, uh, so you spend a few weeks making, say, mm. 20 pieces. How many of those would you? be happy to show the public like now is it say 16 out of 20 where a few years ago it was 10 out of 20 like does that number improve and you um it's not quite that simple i think i'm more comfortable with the concepts that i'm working with okay and how i can express them Mm -hmm. so it's sort of not like how many goals can i kick out of Mm. however many but it's about um the confidence in communicating an idea Mm. And I feel like I've found the materials and I've found the visual language and the painting styles that I want to pursue and mm. have enough have enough challenges in it that I can kind of keep pushing forward. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
And and do you meet people at your when you have an opening or something that just totally get you and can just totally see when you explain to them they're like, Oh yeah, I'm I'm picking that up. I can Yeah totally yeah, see what you're putting I down think there. So. And I think like we mentioned earlier, um social media and Instagram, like mm. it's such a great connector because artists obviously work visually. Instagram's yeah. so great to kind of put up a sketch or put up a a painting at any kind of stage and kind of get that instant feedback from yeah. other like-minded artists yeah. or people or whatever. So there's a lot more conversation yeah. and feedback sort of through the process, mm. depending on how much you sort of want to give away, I guess. Yeah. So um, would you on Instagram, say you've made a, a ceramic with the, you know, you've painted on other glass or ceramic, you put it mm-hmm. up, get some really good feedback. Mm. Do you have a price on it when you put it up on Instagram or are you just sort of putting it up just to see no, what people No, yeah, it's it's more like a a work in progress shot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not I don't have like an online shop or mm. I don't use it that platform that way. Right. I mean, I could in the future perhaps, but yeah. I don't know how successful that would be at my at at this stage. I know I've heard you say before that say at a gallery opening, you've mm-hmm. got a piece that is really popular. Mm-hmm. But you only make one is it one copy or do you make a few? Um, well, it's funny you ask that because I studied printmaking in my undergrad. Yeah. So I don't really make prints anymore. I'm painting, but printmaking is all about additioning. Yeah. So I could make fifty or a hundred, depending on how many I wanted to. Yeah. But with painting, it's it's very much one only. So mm. that's another thing that I've had to get used to. Is which is it's great when I sell a work, but it means I. Can't have that work anymore. Yeah. And I, don't I think have that kind copy. of explains to the general public. I think a lot of general public are like, why the fuck is that worth so much? Yeah. That is ridiculous. Why is that? It's because that's your one thing. That's like, it. <laughs> you don't have another. Yeah. And then if you start just doing hundreds of them. Well, yeah, you can you go down to Target and get you yeah. know, a nice little artwork for your, yeah. for your bedroom yeah. for $25. Mm. Um, but it's. And there's something like with the. The one-off of owning something that's a one-off as well, I think that is. So mm. It's nice, isn't it, to know that you're the only one that's got it. Well, yeah, well, it's very personal, yeah. you know. Um, I remember when they used to do the, the cricket things at the lunchtime cricket. in the cricket. They would do like a Shane Warne signed oh, yes. bat and there Framed. was only like one of 50. And I'd be like, oh, that'd be nice to have one of those 50. <laughs> like only In the whole world, there's only 50 yeah. of them or like a cap or something. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this is even more special. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so maybe you could sign – Fifty, a Shane Warn bat, and see what see how we go. Sculpt a bat. I'll get well, Warnie to sign it. A so Warnie will sign it. You you make it. I'll make it like a bat. I'll That'd get Warnie to sign it somehow, and then <laughs> we'll we'll market that. It'll be your main centerpiece of the yeah next. yeah yeah. I'll just do bats on the side. <laughs> a couple of paintings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just became the number one bat sculptor in the world. <laughs> Right, coming towards the end of the podcast, but before we get there, what's your long-term plan? Like what do you – do you just want to sort of keep doing what you're doing and maybe travelling a little bit or is this sort of big seven-month block you're doing now? You're just hoping to go home with a whole lot of inspiration and just settling for a while. I think I don't think I can uh, travel Europe and South America for seven months every year. Um, (laughs) Not with that attitude. But I'm pretty – yeah, look, I've – I have a job that's really flexible and really supportive of my practice, mm. um, which is great. And 
yeah, look, I think I'm close to living the dream, to be honest. I've got a great studio in Melbourne full of fantastic artists and network. Mm. Um, just got to keep painting. So that studio in Melbourne, do you just rent a space within a huge warehouse? Yeah, Is that yeah, how it works? It's, yeah, it's sort of got I think 60 or 70 studios within mm-hmm. the this, this massive warehouse and I've got one of them and I share with a few, That's few great. friends. It's wonderful. It's mm. a great way to sort of be with artists and have those dialogues and get that feedback yeah. as well. Yeah. So and, they just often you'd rock up with just a sack full of rocks and they'd be like, Yeah, oh, they'd be like, Rhea, what Rhea's have you in? got? <laughs> <laughs> Would they be interested in it or rolling the eyes? 50-50 maybe, yeah. yeah. Right. Well, we've looked forward to seeing what you have coming up. So that November exhibition for the, the time you spent in Japan, Yes. do you know where that's going to be on at? It's going to be at Modern Times mm-hmm. um, Collingwood, that is, Smith right? Street. Yeah. yeah, Smith Street, Collingwood. So in November sometime, not sure mm. the, the dates. But obviously get around your social media. Of course, yes. Uh, in the meantime, they can follow you, yeah, look at your work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got a website as well. I do. Which is? RiaGreen.com. Dot com. You got the dot com, that is. Oh, yeah. Very Primo. nice. Um, and you're on Instagram, which I encourage people to check out your Instagram, which is dot M dot green. It is, yes. Yeah, Had to is. include the middle middle yeah. name there. And are you putting stuff from this trip up? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. It's mostly work that I'm, yeah, working on, but a few – I also take um, photographs, so a bit of photography and a bit of painting. Right. Bit of a mixed bag. So photography, is that more just to get inspiration for later down the track so you can look back at your image to remember what you looked at? Uh, sometimes, and sometimes it'll appear in a final work as well. Sometimes yep. I'll incorporate painting and photography together. So right. I'll paint over my photographs. Yeah, right. Yeah. So that's just something that's come along. Yeah, that's kind of a semi-recent development, mm-hmm. um, which has been great. I'm using glass, printing onto glass, the, the photographs and then painting. So it might make sense if you go and check out the Instagram. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, is it when you're printing onto a glass, mm. I did photography at school. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know that. But um, obviously you go in the dark room, you do all your chemicals, you're, you're putting the chemi- the paper into the – and mm-hmm. the print is coming out onto the uh, paper. How are you doing it? How are you getting a print onto glass? It's a special printer. It's called a UV printer. Mm-hmm. So it uses UV light to fix the inks onto glass. Right. Yeah. So it's not a dark room process. Uh, and in colour or black and white? Colour, yeah. It's fascinating. Technology. And what's is that a fair bit of bunts, bit of cash? Oh yeah, bit of bunts, which yep. So then obviously that piece would have to be double that. Oh so, yeah. So you're getting yeah plus a glass. Plus the glass. I've got to buy the glass. The glass would be quite cheap, I'd imagine. Oh, not good glass. Oh, double you know. glass. <laughs> <laughs> I've learnt a lot about glass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Keep an eye out for Rhea's Glassworks coming <laughs> in the future. Um, that's about it, Rhea. Thanks so much for taking it easy with me today. It's been absolutely lovely here in Sicily as the dogs continue to Talk bark away. in the background. Thank you, Dan. No worries. We'll talk to you later. Hey, thanks very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Uh, as we mentioned there, you can get in contact with Rhea uh, on her website, which is Green, com. Uh, and on Instagram, check out some of her work at ria.m.green. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, please tell your friends. That would be much appreciated. Uh, a bit of word of mouth is always lovely. 
you can send your friend to iTunes where it's on iTunes uh, under Daniel Connell taking it easy uh, subscribe leave a comment maybe a rating that would be nice also if your friend doesn't have iTunes send them to my website danielconnell.com.au uh, go to the podcast section and all the previous episodes plus this one are there uh, while you're on the website you might as well check out my gigs page for all upcoming shows uh, if you're ever on Facebook, uh, jump on my Facebook page, Daniel Connell Comedy. Give that a like. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at Daniel Connell Comedy. Uh, that is it for this week. Much appreciate you tuning in, uh, and we'll see you next time. Take it easy.